This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, I'm Sarah Hart, and this is Prime Spark. I'm so happy you're here with us. PrimeSpark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of PrimeSpark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Darla Ivan, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Darla Ivan is an international speaker, best-selling author of Broken to Beautiful and Short, Sweet, and Sacred, as well as a transformational life mastery coach. Darla is board certified as a master practitioner of NLP, and mental and emotional release. Darla believes in a world where it's never too late to do the damn thing. We are experiencing a planetary transformation. It's time to own your own future, unlock the path, and finally do the thing you've been putting off. Darla shares how to live life with heartfelt purpose and passion. Join her in furthering the whole heart movement. Come home to your heart and live a life you love. Welcome, Darla. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, gosh, Sarah, I'm so excited. I have no words. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, just in getting started, do you experience getting older? If so, what is that experience? And if not, Why do you think it is that you don't? I would say an absolute yes to that. I experience getting older in the nuances, the the pains, the shift in my body, the way it looks, the different wrinkles, and the wisdom, the wisdom that's coming with every year that goes by. I love, love, love that. And just experiencing getting older to me is, is also taking off the masks that I think I used to wear as a a young woman, trying to people please everyone and hide behind who I really am and walk on the eggshells and do the right thing. And I'm just, it's about honoring myself. So I'm experiencing getting older as a joy, like having gratitude every day and being free to be me. And for me, gratitude every day comes, um, I've had two near-death experiences and that really woke me up to like, life isn't forever. And so whatever the damn thing is that you want to do in your life, like wake up to that now, because none of us know. 
and I plan to be here for 50 more years. I, you know, I have, I'm, I'm barely in my midlife, I think. So I, I want to be here for many, many years. And so every day is a good day. And I love getting older and I love the wisdom and I love the chance to be here because I believe the best is still in the future. It's, it's yet to come. Right. Darla, I talk, I've talked to hundreds of women about, and I always ask some form of that question because I'm curious and I haven't done this statistically, but I'll bet you 98% of the women I've asked that question say pretty much what you've said. Yeah, I feel it in my body, you know, when I get out of bed in the morning, and I feel better than I've ever felt. I feel more me. I don't care what people think as much as I used to. And so I'm really fascinated with how it is that we feel this way, but that's not what society says about us. Right. Right? And I don't understand that. I just, I just don't, I mean, I think we're in a, in a, um, well, I want to hear you talk about the transformation in the world, but I see us also as we're transforming how we see aging, because it's just not what we've been taught. Absolutely. I I resonate with that. I think of aging and I think of this feeble, meek, (laughs) geriatric person that's unable. And I feel we are in a transformational time where we're reframing what aging is. And it's where we get to take back our power. And there are no generation to me i don't see the generational differences i guess i look at it as is this unity and this oneness and we're just in a different stage of life it's not about the age and how we're all more alike than we are different so i don't give a shit what age people are like i don't see that i don't i don't see the color of our skin i don't see the age of the number of birthdays we've had i don't see any of that and how can we reframe that to to i think as women too going back a little like we are so conditioned to take care of everyone else right and so we simply forgot who we were because we had to take care of the kids or the husband or the career or all the stuff or and so we simply forgot who we are and we've been living on autopilot and i feel like we're at a pivotal time where we get to reinvent the wheel and say, so what? I'm an empty nester. I'm newly retired. I created a new career. Um, so what if I got divorced? So what that the kids are gone? So what that I broke my neck in a car accident and I don't do what I used to do because now I get to do what I'm supposed to do, what I want to do. I did that based on money or, or what the parents said or what the college degree said. And I don't think any of that stuff matters. And so, and another thing that comes to mind, I I'm just rambling here, but I think, Sarah, we we talk about, or I feel like we are all human beings. And for me, I feel like I used to live my life as a human doing. Go, 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 go. Please, please, please do all the things. Check it off the list. And it's like, at this phase of my life, I'm like, I get to... I get to hold the pen to the paper. I get to write the next chapter. I get to do the damn thing that I want to do. What makes my heart sing? I never thought about that before. I thought about what what would pay the bills better. What would be look what looks better on paper? What's the career that everyone's getting? Or and 
it's that's not what it's about. And so what if we could reinvent that and and teach the younger generation that look up to us and and for myself looking up to older women like we should all have a mentor like coaches need coaches right and so who could we have who could we be a mentor to and who can we have as a mentor to teach us these life lessons right yeah i love that Kadarna. i i have for a while thought i mean this this won't happen but i have thought for a while what if we just did away with all the generational language that we use so frequently now so there's you know baby boomers and Gen X and Z and, and you know what if we just don't do that and think of we are obviously different because we're on a continuum right and we're, and we're progressing through our lives but we all have so much to teach each other no matter where we are and if we could just see ourselves on a continuum and I can learn from people who aren't as far along as the continuum as I am. And I certainly can learn from people who are farther along on the continuum that I am. But I think it's exciting to think of trying to build really good friendships with younger people and with mm -hmm. older people. That's brilliant, I think. And you said... Something you said, this is what I say all the time. The life we live is a lesson we teach. And so each of us is a gift, no matter what stage on this journey that we call life, like all of us have a gift. So who cares if we're the, the middle age or the ex gens or I don't even, yeah, I think do away with all that. And we get to choose each moment to live, to, to step into that and to choose joy, to choose kindness, to choose the experience, to choose these opportunities of growth, to take the lessons we've learned and pass them along. And we get to reach out to our mentors and be taught the lessons. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? And then the less, the life we live is a lesson we teach. And I just think, I thank God for the lessons I've gone through. I have lived through so much adversity as probably you have as well, right? Like we go through it. Those are some of my greatest blessings in life. Looking back now, like, thank God for the lessons. Thank God I fell down and dusted my knees off and I learned resiliency to get back up and that I am a gift and that I get to go out and teach my experiences now to other people who maybe could learn the lesson so they don't have to fall down as many times as I did maybe. So I think the world needs all of us just to bring who we are, our best self in this moment, whatever stage or age that is, and, and just come into that with the a whole heart we are all brought here to be do and have more than than we know and again we simply forgot who we came here to be and I, I think some of us too our dreams have been depleted by abuse or divorce or losing the career or going through cancer or having a son go to prison all the things that that some of us have gone through right and so if we could just come back to that sacred space of our heart and learn the lesson to be, know that we are in the driver's seat of doing this damn thing and return to the truth that really anything is possible. doesn't freaking matter the age. That would be the ultimate dream life, I think. And I call that the heartland. That's the whole heart movement to me. It's like, oh, come back yeah, to love that. It. Come back to that, people. <laughs> so your first book was Broken to Beautiful, right? Correct. Yeah. So when people hear you speak about broken to beautiful, what reactions do you hear most often? 
oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like you, you, you look this way and I, cause people, cause we judge, right. We think, well, you couldn't have gone through anything cause you look all put together. I didn't know you went through the car accident and a spinal injury and a abusive relationship and a son in prison, all, all the things that knocked me down for so long. And it, it, yet that judgment comes out that judgment of, well, I had no idea. And so that's the number one thing. And, and just the inspiration and to know that, you know, there is beauty amongst all of us have broken pieces and it's what we choose to do with those and that we're all capable of putting these pieces back together. Right. And it being more beautiful than it ever was before. So how can we find gratitude every day, even for the, the, sh the shitty parts? And so that's what I get a lot of. How do you, explain how you've been able to do that for yourself it's it's mindset really and and it's shifting in having gratitude really and and gratitude every day because we can go down and wear the victim hat right like oh what was me this happened and this happened and this happened so and i did go down that path for a while and I'm, and when I start, when I lost my career in dentist, I, I used to be a dental hygienist cleaning teeth. And I broke my neck in 2007 in a car accident and lost my career. And so I've reinvented myself like, what's next? Am I supposed to be on disability forever? I'm not disabled. I had an event that happened, but I'm not going to attach that label to me. And so it's like, how can I reinvent myself? So now I am no longer a dental hygienist. I'm a spiritual hygienist. I wasn't supposed to clean teeth. I get to clean souls and clean up the, I'm part of the cleanup crew, I call it, the messy parts, because we all have messy parts. So how can we reframe the bad and look for the good in a bad situation? How did you get there? How do you, you so you went, you went through, oh, poor me, oh, 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 oh. And then you say you, that gratitude help, but that that's a big leap. It how is. Did, how did you get there? How do you account for that? It's making a decision. I made a decision. I'm going to draw a line in the sand because I had been sitting on the sidelines, Sarah, of life, just watching it go by. Oh, this happened. Oh, this happened. Oh, that. Who am I? I? I can't do that anymore because I, I can't do dentistry and I can't do this. And oh, and who's going to listen to someone that's been divorced and that? I had a son that went to prison for a couple of years and no one wants to hear that story because, you know, but these are my greatest moments. It, it, what helped me the most is being authentic, being vulnerable. Sometimes I've cried through it on a stage. I've cried like being just real and giving people the permission to say, Oh my God, me too. I get that. I've been through that too. And that we can reframe it. So what now what? So do you want to be a spectator sitting on the sidelines, watching it go by and going down that victim path? Or do you want to say, no, I'm going to be an active participant. So what can I do now to step into? And so it's, I, I pretend I have a magic genie wand and I wave this wand around. Like if I could do anything, what would I love to do now? My number one value in life is people. I love human connection. So how can I connect with other humans that, either have been there or that have the same pains in their life that I've gone through. Right. So I'm burnt out with work. I can't do this. Um, all the roles and responsibility I've got myself. There's not enough space to, to love anyone else yet alone myself. I feel guilty at doing X, Y, Z for me. It, it's overwhelming, right? All the things. And so I started going down that path of personal development 
I started journaling a lot, connecting in nature and just really just doing a deep dive to, to what's next and what's possible and waving that magic wand, if anything were possible. And so I started seeing changes in my life. And so it's like, wow, I could go out and help other people who've also, you know, me, I, one of my biggest things right now is prison ministry. I have such a passion to go help re reintegrate these people and set them up for success. Tonight, I'm doing a, a live workshop at a homeless shelter in a local community here in town. And I love pouring into them because we're all, we're all just one mistake away from being right there too. Right. And so who are we to judge no matter what age or stage or events that have happened in our life. And then um, just overcoming the adversity and teaching other people how to do that. So it's, it's making a choice, getting clear. I, I decided this life isn't for me. I'm not going to sit here and watch this go by and be this poor me thing. What can I do with the lessons I've learned to go help other people that may be in the same boat. And it's been such a gift and the relationships that have come from it have been amazing. And it's really shining a light wherever there's darkness. That's really, I would call that my legacy, just bringing light and unity and oneness conscious to anywhere there's darkness in the world, because we're all more alike than we are different. And if we could collaborate instead of having all this freaking division that we have in our world, right. And, and, reframe that too so yeah it was just a decision and then getting clarity on what's next so what now what and and putting on my bootstraps and saying these are the lessons i've learned let's write about them let's talk about these is what helped me are do you feel the same thing how can i help you how can i help and coming from that servant's heart it's not even about the money like it's not that just comes later right is part of this new reinventing of myself speaking for me and then doing the damn thing, continuing to dream and dreaming again, because I stopped dreaming. And all a lot of us as women, too, have stopped dreaming, right? Because we think, oh, we're too old or we don't have that degree or, oh, the money in my bank account doesn't support that dream. Uh-uh. I, I don't buy any of that crap anymore. It's never too late. To oh, do that's that. so wonderful. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's... um. I think it's a I think it's a, a real work in progress for for women because that is not what we're taught most of us. I mean that's a big generalization. So describe your next book, uh, short, sweet, and sacred. What, what is describe the book? So that book, I collaborated with some other life coaches that I uh, got certified with uh, through the Brave Thinking Institute, and so. We were talking one day in a group chat and we're like, you know, we all have a story and this deeper knowing of something we've learned in our life, an authentic story, like how to become more vulnerable. How can we share something either inspirational or something that we could share an insight to if it changed one person's life, what would that story be? So the other authors and I came together. And so my story in that book, and so some of them are over discovering a dream career, having courage after divorce, um, grieving through the loss of a child or spouse, either a victory or navigating mental health. My story in that book is called The Visit. And so mine is that book. Oh, God, I still get goosebumps. They're God bumps every time I talk about it. But The Visit for me was a story of non-judgment. It was the first time I visited my son in prison. He was sentenced to six years for a drug offense. And I, Sarah, I blame myself for a while because he got addicted to pain meds. He'd taken my pain meds as a teenager when I broke my neck. 
I had no clue you're supposed to lock your medicines up. So I blamed myself for a while, but that's, that's a whole nother story. And I've forgiven myself and him and everything moving forward. But the first time I went to visit him in prison, I had so much judgment. I was angry. I was there. Like, why am I even here? I didn't raise my kid. He didn't come, you know, this isn't how he was raised. And then I was scared. I made it all about me. Like, Oh, am I going to be safe on the other side? And so I take myself from point A, leaving my car in the lot at the prison grounds, going through the metal razor wire fence, going through the scan of the, you know, and they pat you down, the dog sniffs you, you go in this holding room and there's, you're in this cement room and there's, it's just, it was so scary and cold and just a sterile environment. And on the other side, when that door opened and I got to go in this visitation room, a place I never thought as a mom, I would go to visit my child. All I saw, Sarah, was love. I saw men in there that were connecting with a mother, a wife, a child, a grandchild, a grandparent, whoever, like it, they sit you knee to knee in these tables. You don't get a hug because there's no t- contact. So all I want to do is just hug. My, and he's still my child. I love him. I forgive him. He made a mistake. And all I saw was love all around. And so I just, I was just a witness to that. If we could have less judgment and how we're all one mistake away from being there. Did you drink an extra glass of wine that night and swerve on the road and hit a car and kill some people? It happens that fast. And there are some amazing people in there. And I just, I just observed, like floated above myself and looked down at the people in this room. And I, I sobbed, first of all, for seeing my son. And then it was the most enjoyable lunch I'd ever had with my son. I bought him a cold chicken sandwich out of this vending machine and some pretzels. And he had a soda. I had a water. And it was the deepest, most meaningful connection I've had in my life. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but it changed my life. And it's about forgiveness, about not judging. We don't know how they ended up there and how quick are we to forget to, to, to judge? Oh, you're a felon. And oh, you're this. And these people come out and they're set up to fail again. And it's this revolving door. They go back. They have no support. People gave up on him. My son, several of his family members didn't talk to him when he was he only served three years because a good time. It was nonviolent offense. And he did all the right things. And he's an amazing soul. And he has a story now to share when he come, he's out, like he's out mentoring men going, this is what worked for me. This is what won't work. This is how you do it. Like, and, and how you can shift that mindset and reframe it to, you know, write the next chapter in their book and set them up for success because they're set. They come out of there. But anyway, going back to the story, it's, it's just about the visit to prison. And it was the most special moment in my life. And I still couldn't cry about talking, talking about it, but it taught me so much. And I know that I can help other parents, other siblings, other people that have a loved one in prison, that it's okay. And you can love them. And all we all want in life, there is to love and be loved and to be forgiven maybe for something we did that we made a bad choice in that moment, in that split instant. And so it, I've learned a lot of lessons through his journey. And so with that, Sarah, uh, this is beyond the book. I applied for a grant recently, and I just recently found out I'm the recipient of this grant. And it's it's just from the angelic realms, I swear. It's divinely guided, and it's just, it's to go help 
prison ministry to go help homeless shelter people that maybe have been knocked down have been but i go do that work and there's not a lot of money for me to pay my bills right but what if i could get paid to do that and collect other people who have walked the walk they don't need a degree to go teach and connect with other humans about their journey in prison and what worked and didn't when they get out so what if i can have people collaborate and take them through my coaching program and then we go and we love on people together and almost like a life incubator and just bring them back a six month program where we just teach them and love on them and show them what's possible. So when they know better, they do better. And so their next stage of their life can be better. And so I find a lot of joy in that. That's wonderful. And congratulations on the grant. Thank you. I'm excited. It's it's still in transition. The, The funding is coming. I just know that I've been picked. And so I'm super excited to see what comes out of that. And, um, just go help other people, right? To do the damn thing and to shine the light wherever right. there's the darkness. <laughs> right. See, they can see that they're see that they're not what society thinks they are. All the labels, right? Like you were saying, the labels with with aging and and the different. It's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that doesn't. We don't. We those are man made labels. Right. Right. With, yeah, I think with so many things, not even aging, sorry, but the judicial system or political system why does there have to be a left and a right and a republican why can't we just come together the age doesn't matter the the religion who cares if you're a buddhist or a catholic or if you just practice spirituality who cares like why do we have to have all the labels of all of this stuff those are questions i have (laughs) yeah those are wonderful questions and if anybody has an answer for darla let me know because um (laughs) we'd all like to know the answers to questions yeah but Darla what dreams have you not realized yet I mean what's what do you see is Hmm. next you know a big dream for me is traveling the world and I have started recently I've gone to Australia for a couple months and I went to Europe for a month those have been my biggest trips but I really want to take this work into the world like what if What if I could wave my magic wand and go do these humanitarian projects at a global level? And like, not just here in the state of Kansas or Colorado or the Midwest or what, but take it and, and being open to how this is all going to unfold and really creating a village. Like that's a dream I have. That's not yet realized. Like, and spirit keeps telling me, like, I've really been diving into meditation and the answers are coming. Oh my gosh, this person would be great to collaborate with, like to do this part of this project. And the, the names are coming, the people are coming. It's like, if you think it, you can create it, anything. And so that's that's the dream not yet realized. And I always, I, I love to say this. I say FTH, forget the how, forget the how. The how doesn't matter. All I have to have is an intention and a dream and take a little action every day and the how works itself out. And so the dream not yet realized traveling the world and taking this project to this next level, I don't have to know the how. All I have to have is clarity and in my intention. And I know it's going to get to that point. Well, I can feel it. I don't think there's any doubt about it. <laughs> Thank you. So, so when you leave this earth, what do you think your legacy will be? And what do you hope it will be? Hmm. My legacy, my biggest legacy would be connection with people, just authentic, vulnerable, meaningful connection and bringing light to wherever there's darkness in the world. She shined this light and she gave me hope because I had a lot of darkness in my life and I didn't see the light. 
And so what if Darla's light illuminate? It's like the ripple effect. You throw the pebble in the water and it goes out. Same with the light. You light a little corner and then they light up a little and then it lights up the next person. And so it's just bringing light to other humans. I love that. I love what that when you said, I mean, what, what I just resonated when and reverberated when you said was Darla gave me hope. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that one chokes me up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So you've done so many things. Of everything you've done, what are the three things you're most proud of? Mm. Three things I'm most proud of. The first would be overcoming adversity. I look back at my childhood and I think, how did I not turn out to be a prostitute or a drug addict or something not so good? But I used the pain and made that my passion and made that my person. So the first thing I'm proud of is overcoming adversity. The second one would be the relationships I create with people. I love meaningful creation, meaningful relationships, like the kind that you don't wear the mask and you have to think there's an agenda. And it, whether it's with my kids, my friends, my colleagues, if it doesn't add joy to my life, I'm not going to be part of that relationship. And I'm very intentional on who I spend my time with. If it doesn't feel right, I listen to it. Where in my younger days, I probably would have just done, you know, followed the path that everyone goes down. And it's like, uh-uh, I am really intentional. So my relationships is deep, meaningful. And then the third thing I'm proud of is doing the damn thing. Just continuing to dream, continuing to say what's next and what if that were possible and, and, Shining light on that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, mm. I don't think there's any doubt with what, not only are you doing all of that, you're just going to continue to do it and it will be bigger and you will have more and more and more influence. And that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to anyone writing, wanting to write a book that will be revelatory uh, and or difficult to write? I mean, you must have written about you, you must have, you have, you've written about things that were difficult to write about that you may not have thought you wanted people actually to know about you. And so somebody has a book they want to write, but they're not sure about all that. What well, what advice would you give? Maybe talking to someone else who's written a book, first of all, and then starting with simple steps, even just journaling. That's how my book came to fruition. The first one I wrote, The Broken to Beautiful, I I was journaling. So I went back to old journals and I started highlighting going, oh my God, this is a common theme over and over. It's like, that's a chapter to one. That's one of the chapters, right? And oh, this is another common thing. And so you just start writing, even if it's journaling, and then it just starts flowing to you. For me, that's how it worked. And again, and finding a mentor or an author coach or, or just a coach coach, or just, it's just doing the damn thing. It's just writing, put pen to paper and write it. And when you're writing, if there's things that, for me, there were some things that were pretty painful and deeply scarring and intimate that probably, I don't know that I'll ever talk about on a stage or in a book. And I don't think people need to know every detail. So if there's something hard, people are writing in their book. You can generalize that. I wrote in about an abusive husband in there, but I didn't put his name. I didn't put the details of some of the traumas, but enough information that 
someone can relate to it. And so just do what feels right. Be authentic. I just say flow with, if it feels expansive, write it. If it feels contracted, probably leave that out of the book. And so just trust that heart space that the answers are all inside um, when you're writing. I um, had, uh, when I I wrote a book and, and, and there were some things that I was writing that, and I, it went through my mind that the people I was talking about might or might not like what I was saying. I mean, it wasn't awful, you know, mm. but what I thought about at the time was how do people write those tell-all books um, that really are saying awful things about people um, and everybody will know who those people are. Mm. Now, I really, I thought about that. That was an interesting thing I learned uh, in in writing my own couple of difficult things to write about. For for me, it didn't feel expansive to to write all the details and to put and and some of the people I was writing were writing about are still alive. Right. And I feel like who am I to run their legacy? They already know and they have to deal with what they did. So you and I've had other people give me feedback. Well, Darla, it would sell a million copies if you would um, if you would write about the details of this because people like the juicy stuff, right? And this and that and the the nasty stuff. And I'm like, it didn't resonate with me. Like I didn't feel like that was something I wanted to do. And are you going to piss off a few people along the way? You might. Um, my own mother. I love my mother dearly. We have a great relationship. I've worked, we've worked through stuff. I have forgiveness. However, when she found out, I read a book, some people, cause we're in a small town in Kansas. Some people she knows read the book and they're like, oh, I didn't know, blah, 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 blah. You know? And so she's like, how dare you? How dare you let the elephant in the room be known to other people? And it's like, I didn't even shine a light on a fraction of it, honey. <laughs> I'm just telling my story to try to help other people. I'm not doing this to condemn someone else. And some other feedback I got was from, and it was from family members more than anyone. Another was from a sister. Cause I said something and she's like, how I caught my sister in my parents' closet with a gun to her head when we were in high school, we were going through some horrible abuse and she had had enough and I found her and I go, don't do it. We're almost out of here, please. And I mentioned that just, literally in a paragraph in the book, no detail, but she's like, that's not your story to tell, but it was my story because it was how I perceived it, how I witnessed it and how we overcame that. And so she was embarrassed that I shared that, but it wasn't to embarrass her. It was just to shine a light that, you know what, there can still be some hope stick together, like get through this. You can do this. That doesn't have to be the way out. That was my intention. So my intention, if if our intention is to hurt someone, to write the negative and all the details to hurt someone, that might have some karma that comes with it. I don't know. <laughs> That's not how I chose to write, but yeah. We're all a work in progress, Sarah. There's no, I didn't read the book on how to write the book. I, I didn't get a journalism degree. I didn't even know. I'm like, I'm not an author. I'm a, you know, in the dental field and the health professional. It's like, and then I find myself becoming an author and it's like, well, who's going to want to read that? Well, people want to read it because right. they've been there. They've done that. They know me. I am them. They are me. And we connect that way through this power of story. We also don't get a book on how to live. 
Yes. You know, an instruction manual on living a good life. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jose, Darla, this has been wonderful. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? I'm on all the social medias. However, the best way, if you want to have a conversation, reach out on my email, Darla at DarlaYvonne.com. That would be the quickest way to get a hold of me. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Darla Yvonne. And don't forget, you can find her at Darla at DarlaYvonne.com. That's D-A-R-L-A at D-A-R-L-A-E-V-O-N.com. Thank you all for being with us. Take care, spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.